Gab and Girl Time contains explicit sexually mature themes and is intended for a mature audience. The opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect the views of any platforms, sponsors, or social media. we want and we don't care most of the time gabin girl time gabin girl time gabin girl time you may care but i don't but <laughs> hey it's today it's tuesday october 26th it is spooky season it is it's almost time for halloween and your birthday yes my birthday is coming up last year it was all consumed by voting you know Uh, it was awful gaslighting it's a big one this year too yeah speaking about politics and gaslighting (laughs) did you hear about alec baldwin That's a tragic freaking story. Everybody's talking about Alec Baldwin, but they sure ain't talking about uh, Hyena Hutchins. Yeah, nobody's mentioning her. Yeah, nobody's mentioning her name. Like, literally, she's starting to get buried. Who knew that, you know, you go to your job one day and you're just filming a film and all of a sudden, bang, you get shot. I find it interesting. Which, I mean, I have some questions, and they're questions that have already been asked, but... Honestly, with CGI these days, why do you need a real gun on a set? Low budget. Gives you a low budget. It's Alec Baldwin, though. I mean, okay, I'm going to look up this movie. First of all, that's the big thing. (laughs) The fact that Mr. Gun Advocate, nobody except my bodyguard should be able to have guns, Baldwin. A child. First thing a child should learn about firearms is you never, ever, ever, ever point them at anything you don't intend to shoot. So even during the course of the movie, why would he be pointing it at his uh, lead uh, director of photography? You know, why would you be pointing it at her, Alec Baldwin, and the director? Those two got shot. It's two people got hit with this magic assassin bullet like JFK. Speaking of assassin bullets, do you find it interesting that she's from the Ukraine and uh, her husband's law firm? Well, I have is, not looked that up. He, You're going way down the rabbit hole. Super, super quick here, she's Gail. She's an investigative journalist, <laughs> or was, and her husband just started working for the law firm that... Uh, is taking care of the case for, you know, who they just indict against, like, the Russian inclusion with Hillary Clinton and all of that. Give me a name. Let me look it up because I have absolutely no idea of what you're talking about. My question was, with CGI these days, (laughs) and if they're using CGI on, let's say, Sharknado 4, you can use CGI on this movie for a gun. rust 
Yeah, I don't now, even know. Now, it's supposed to be an American Western. Well, a whole bunch of us Union so, people walked off the set, so... Yeah, they said that. They said they walked off not the set only six that, hours before yeah, that happened. But CGI is expensive. The budget for CGI. Okay, so you can't have a CGI. What about an um, airsoft gun? There, I mean, what about a yeah a prop gun that doesn't... Why would somebody so anti-gun be handling a realistic gun? And playing with it. Well, he did not do the first rule of gun safety. Well, A, he, first of all, he shouldn't have pointed at anybody, period. That was the shot. And that he should have checked the, the chambers. That he was supposed to make. But he wasn't filming at that time. He would have shot his co star, not the damn director and cinematographer. There's a lot that we don't know. And where are you getting your information from? Because I'm really trying not to get it from the big, the big conglomerates. Correct. Fox News says that Alec Baldwin was very careful with prop guns prior to the Rust accident. Yeah, I didn't look for Alec Baldwin. I looked for weird things like I didn't ask about Alec Baldwin and Hall. I asked what the name of the... I said cinematographer, so it took me down a whole nother uh, deal. You can't trust CNN at all. The New York Post is saying he asked, are we rehearsing or is this a... There's a lot of fucked up stuff going on in here. Right. You got to look. You got to look three and four days back before they could rechange when it happened. Like that's when you want the immediate before they had a chance to put the spin on it. Like, once it's had a day or two to set, then they can decide on the spin. So look back to when it happened three, four days ago. I don't know why we're trusting any of it, to be honest. Correct. Um, I think I need to preface in saying that I own guns. I grew up around guns. There was a time where it was completely normal to have a gun rack in the back of your truck and have guns. Mm -hmm. That's what we had behind the door. But my parents also taught me safety. They taught me the components of a gun. They taught me how to shoot a gun. They taught me how to clean a gun. So I'm pretty proficient in that. I will say, though, I don't like guns. I don't like them. What's um, your number one rule of gun safety, period? Uh, you always check to see if you got one in the chamber. Always, and you never point it at anything that you never. don't intend to shoot. No. So, I mean, why would you shoot your photographer, <laughs> your director of photography? I'm just saying, like, yes, it's a terrible, tragic accident. But I don't understand where you're, you got to give me the source so that I can read it and kind of get a um, a feel for it, because... You've been on movie sets, right? You know how movies work where you're shooting a scene and such. If yes. if there was a scene coming up where the camera is you shooting yes. a person and the camera effect is you are in front of the camera and you are pointing the gun at the camera to get that shot. Right. So I guess I'm a little confused when you say, why would you shoot the director or why would you shoot your cinematographer? It's true. I was just you have to, I was picturing it. You have on to get boom, that shot. Like that you wouldn't be standing, that it would be on a boom and stable, you know? What would be? 
The gun? The camera. The camera. Oh. Yeah. I wasn't picturing that she would be in front of the camera. I was picturing she would have that on a boom. Well, no, the cameras are like the one that I was looking at with her was she was seated behind the camera part. Like you've got this. It looks like a video game. Yeah. Also, I mean, did he pick it up off the table or did it was it handed to him? It was handed to him from what I'm reading. See, does that not even seem more like an assassination like they used him? They and conspiracy I mean, theory. If you're gonna get in here and get in this conspiracy is where I'm wise, conspiracy I mean, saying who did he play on SNL for four years? Right. You know, if we're gonna get into this, and well, her I understand being, her being from the Ukraine. That's what I'm and, saying. You know, they're investigating, a, and she's an investigative journalist. She was. All right. She grew up in Russia. You know, when you when we're looking at her, forget Alec Baldwin. We saw him, but he's an yeah, actor. He's an actor, so I would expect him to cry like a baby after shooting somebody. But I don't think that's how you'd really act. I think you'd act See, that way sitting. after the fact. Yeah, I mean, I understand. Yeah. I get that. It just if it's suspicious. Suspicious. Well, you know, people are going to pick sides over this. Uh, who's it suspicious for? Everyone. From the person that handed them the set, the gun on the set, I mean, on the cart, everyone should have already checked that firearm. Alec Baldwin should have been the last to check the firearm, but it should have been checked before it was laid on the cart. It should have been rechecked before they ever handed it to him. I mean... When you're dealing with props that look like real guns, you should have definitely protocol in place to check. It wasn't your a prop though; it was an actual bullets. gun. I think that's yes, where for the, the confusion is coming in. Is it was an actual gun? It wasn't quote a prop, right? That fires blanks, but they yeah. were using it as a prop, so it should have been checked time and time again. It's not like somebody that had a concealed carry permit just handed them their gun to use in the scene a person who is in charge of props should have made sure that these bullets are you know blanks there's a way to tell mm -hmm. you know so they should have been checked but Brandon Lee was two or three, by a blank. Yeah, which is even more reason they should have had protocol put in place that especially so where you look at two or three times. Then not only that until she called action, but how did he also shoot the director? Not just Russ director told authorities Alec Baldwin was practicing drawing his gun when weapon discharged. Yeah, there you go. So he's practicing and pointing it. So maybe he was just pointing it at the camera, but yeah. that just seems very... But I'm trying to see where... They took him to the hospital, and she died. The director. I don't know who the director is. I'm still not... Injured director of Alec Baldwin's Rust film, gutted by fatal shooting of cinematographer. Director of photography killed, a movie director injured after Alec Baldwin discharged prop firearm on movie set. So maybe it went through her and hit him. I don't know. My grandson just rolled over. That's very exciting. Very exciting. That's so cool.
because, uh, you know, that's a good sign for the gene therapy, too, isn't it? Mm-hmm. All I'm getting is where he was fired, but it wasn't, it doesn't seem like it's the same person. It's very funny. I feel like things are being scrubbed and reworked from when I last read them. Alec Baldwin fatally shot and, and how do you say her name? Helena Hutchins. Helania? Helania. Helania. Helania, maybe. Hutchins injured director Joel Salza on set of Rust. This is from four days ago. See what I mean? It's like he fatal Alec Baldwin fatally shot a cinematographer and injured a director on a film set in New Mexico on Thursday after discharging a prop firearm, official said. The Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office received a 911 call reporting a shooting on the set of the Western Rust, according to a news release. The cinematographer, Helena Hutchins, 42, was pronounced dead at the University of New Mexico Hospital in Albuquerque after being transported via helicopter. Director Joel Salza, 48, was transported by ambulance to Christus St. Vincent Regional Medical Center in Santa Fe and later released. Production has halted, according to the Associate Press. Okay, so... Yeah, so why then he would tweeted you tweeted about it? Why would you want to shoot your director? So, I don't know. what what do we do now? Ban all guns from movie sets? Yeah, see like when people are stupid like this, it just gives the gun control movement just such fuel to have guns banned. Of course, we are big believers of the constitution here, and I do believe in the right to bear arms but i also believe that you need to be fully trained it's like driving a car yes you need How to have can a you fucking be license so anti-gun and not know anything about it and then brandish them about like a child i mean literally i'm just talking about specifically for myself yeah not, everybody should if you're gonna have a firearm in the house you have to have firearm training Yes. Of some sort. You need to teach your children early about the risks and the dangers yes. of a gun. Yeah. The NRA actually has great uh, educational material for that to make it easy for them to understand, but also where they understand that it's dangerous. But you just can't be all willy nilly with your guns and shit. Because that's how people get hurt. And that's how people get killed. And yes. I can say this from experience. My mother has been shot. Well, back in the I, day, we didn't have... And I know I'm not trying to blame things on video games. I'm just saying we did not have quite the desensitization going on of, uh, you know, shoot them up everything. Yeah, we had westerns and we had army movies and things like that, but it hadn't gotten to where everything looked so realistic, like CGI was realistic and things like that. We didn't have that as much, you know? Think about some of the first slasher movies came out when we were teens, like Halloween or whatever. Mm -hmm. So since that time, I think... We've become desensitized way earlier at death and destruction uh, nowadays. I think even with our children, 
with just the input that they have at fingertips. We didn't have this much input. Do you know what I, you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Sensory input. So I think our children are desensitized to the permanency of death sometimes way quicker than what we expect. And I think we um, don't realize what their brains are picking up subliminally or whatever. So I don't think they always see the permanence because you get extra lives on video games. You know, you get extra people come back from movies and TV because it's not real. But we, you know... I think that's where the biggest problem is, is that the line is becoming more and more blurred on what is real and what is not real. Yes, very much. And as we get older, you and I and our age group, we are going to have a tougher time trying to figure out what's real and what's not real. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And with the declining of our minds with Alzheimer's, I was watching a TikTok today where this older woman she grabbed inside the window of this guy's car and said, uh, this is my friend's car. You can't leave. You're stealing this car. And it's clearly she had some sort of dementia going on. Yeah. She wasn't just being a Karen. Yeah. But the guy in the car was like, no, ma'am, this is my car. You know, he, and she's adamant. She's like on him like, no, this is my stuff in here. This is my car. Mm-hmm. So the line is blurred more and more every day and uh it kind of makes me scared to be older a little bit because i definitely don't want to be taken advantage of well i mean you can be taken advantage of at any age well it's easier when you're older though (laughs) yeah it can be if you don't have people in your trust or you don't have things set up proper i mean think about all these these older people that are just by themselves that are relying on the kindness of strangers not to fuck them over. Yeah. It's sad because there's so many, I know this is, we did not even expect to talk about this today. I don't think maybe we did, but, uh, yeah, I have clients that have people who are, um, you know, their dad has bought them houses and, things like that and they're uh they're powerless to do anything he's like 90 something years old they came around he was 80 gave him attention you know um uh they had his power of attorney things like that that this is going on today that clients are telling me about other people that are and they're powerless Mm. to do anything about it like they have people who paid caregivers instead of having them you know like daddy grappled for a long long time with where his mom should go where she would get the best care even then that's not a hundred percent yeah trustworthy correct it is not he's got to you know I mean he has to keep up with all of that he you know there's a lot it's probably another show what are we going to do for senior citizens of course it it never matters to anybody until they're that age so that's why yeah or they have someone that up in arms about it in 10 to 20 years because we will be the senior citizens then well heck we are technically now well you will be 
in, the, in another week. You'll you'll get when your you get AARP. Your, do I get my AARP card? Yes, do. I will be fifty. I'm really surprised I've made it this long. To be honest with you, did you think and you'd die got, young and leave a, a good looking corpse? Uh, I just thought the the universe would take me out one way or the other, or I'd do it myself. Yeah, yeah. You're very Thelma and Louise. Yeah, like that, or would you go out like Marilyn? Oh, I would go out with heroin. I already uh, know. Really? Yep. Have that euphoric last hurrah, and then just go sleep. As you start convulsing, and you're, my brain will already be dead by then. So it's true. It won't matter. Well, there you go. <laughs> How did we get off on that? I don't know. I don't know. That's wild. A lot of people would. My luck, it wouldn't do that for me. It would filter super quick. Well, how would you go? I would. I don't know. I, I haven't thought about it much in many years. I don't like to revisit there. Yeah. It's very easy. It took a lot of years not to slide back to that as a default. Like when you're serious enough about it that you actually do something, it's very easy to be like, you know, just boom, very simple default. But then I realize you don't get to reset. So for me, every day's a reset. Do you think about this stuff often? Do you think about it when you're old, now that you're getting older? and I'm not afraid to die, but I'm not going to do anything to make that happen quicker yeah you know i'm not necessarily you know throw precaution to the wind or anything like that but i'm not gonna not do things either you know like i'm not afraid to for a lot of things so it'd be you know it'd be weird uh i think that it's just gonna be harder for us as we get older I think about uh, Midsommar and then you know like once you're 72 you're just you know go you're off done. that cliff you're done yeah well ageism you know yeah. back in the olden yeah. days we thought it was going to be 30 so hey yeah, just it's... living on borrowed time right now <laughs> you know yeah I guess it depends on what kind of shape I'm in on whether I would want to go or not but you know I always thought Kevorkian had a place too in the world. So I was you know? very, very, very much into that story when it broke out mm-hmm. with Terry Shivo and that whole. Th- I do believe that you should have the right to die. Yeah, and, dignified. Yeah, and now, now they're just they're just now, you know, coming to that realization that people don't want to suffer. If you have a debilitating disease, and I can't help to think of my grandson right now, and if it wasn't for this gene therapy treatment, you know, his life, and I still don't know, but his life could be very, very tragic to where he would be confined to a wheelchair. Not Not a lot of people want to live that way. They know that there's something more out there in the universe for them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, though. There's a lot of people who live very fulfilling lives in wheelchairs. I think that uh, sometimes, you know, we able-bodied look over that a little bit. But I had to deal with that possibility with RJ when he was born. So I think that 
having to already work that out in my head, even though it worked out where he could walk, you know, um, would, would you really want him to be like, no, forget it. What if he, I mean, heck, we're strapping guns to robotic dogs now. You don't think that we could get him freaking legs? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, he's just a little peanut. What came his first? Brain Black Mirror or his... the robotic dogs? Because that's a total... Have you... Have you seen that episode? That's a total Black Mirror story. Yes, but that's it's always so did they art ma- imitating life <laughs> or life imitating art. Either way, it's the circle. So they um, saw people saw that Black Mirror and they're like, "Oh, I don't want this to happen." But yet, yeah, they've already they're done still it. they're they've already MIT, done do it. Do you know it. what is like some of the number one sport? The robotic fighting is like huge in nerd world like mm-hmm. that is like one of the top watched things when you think about stuff like so what's the psychology behind that to for you machines? want to you want to destroy something you don't necessarily want to destroy life so mm-hmm. you create something that can destroy and be destroyed and you have like no emotional attachment well, right. to it. Yeah. And then they can, you know, make weapons. Well, <laughs> they have good intentions, but the people that have money and power do not. And and basically see that as an opportunity. Well, yeah, they're the, just good old boys having fun in nerd brain with a nerd brain. And then it. somebody sees them attach an axe to the top of it and go, you know, that would make a good that would make a good weapon. Well, yeah, let's, because the nerd guys let's give are this person some money. Zombie apocalypse, you know? Yeah, tech billionaires. This is how we create them. So you know, not all tech is just O's and ones. <laughs> Okay. The robotics. I'm just saying, with robotics, you know, I wouldn't want somebody to kill themselves because their limbs didn't work. We got off the tangent, and I know we need to bring it back around to guns. What? <laughs> well, we had guns mounted to robots. So, do you shoot? I haven't yeah. in a really long time, but I do know how. I grew up military dad as a woman. What, when you have a gun in your hand, what kind of emotions does it evoke out of you? If any. It's a tool. I was raised it's a tool. No different than like a screwdriver or the vacuum cleaner. Yeah, I wasn't raised that way. It's, you know, I mean, it's a certain amount of power, but depending on, you know, how good you are, how far away from someone you are. They're different. Usually, just showing a gun will deter crime, depending on your adversary. A lot of people have gotten killed with their own weapons Mm -hmm. because they were hesitant about firing that. That's what's wild with Alec Baldwin. It's he's a poster child. What bothers me with him is he's so freaking anti-gun that he didn't even bother to think about 
basic gun safety, period. Like he was entitled. It's childish. And for somebody that is such a hothead that gets mad at people, that screams in people's faces, who do not agree with their opinion, you know, uh, somebody who would berate a child for not picking up the phone. How many times have your kids at, you know, preteen age didn't pick up the phone? You know, this is back in the day. They still don't pick up the phone. When they were listening, you know, to headphones with their iPod and it didn't all come in the same gadget. Anyway, he's just a shithead. And it's the ultimate of privilege. It's the ultimate of um, he should be prosecuted for negligent behavior. He shouldn't be able to buy his way out of it. He should have to take gun safety classes at the very least. You know, uh, does it become an advocate now for even more, like you said, stricter gun laws? You think it should be? Or do you think he should take personal responsibility? And the people handing him the prop people as well. It doesn't need to be a victimless crime, sad accident. I'm not excusing this behavior. I'm really trying to look at it from a professional point at the movie set okay so if you're you're Alec Baldwin and yeah you've done this you've handled guns before and you've done this a million times before and yes I'm not excusing the behavior of you should always check a gun before you handle it especially or point it at somebody so that tells me that it's kind of kind of come down to trust if you're on a movie set you've got to do this shot right here and someone says hey Here's a gun and it's cold. Do you trust that person? No, you're not supposed to. You're supposed to check it yourself. But let's say that uh, Alec Baldwin trusted this assistant director who handed him the gun and said it was cold. But there's other underlying factors of here. They had, what, six people quit that day because of the gun safety there. They felt like it wasn't safe to be there. Uh, so I don't know. Red, they were that's it, a red flag. They, I don't know if that was the case. I first read that it, he was not hiring union members, like he was running this as a non-union situation. Who, so though? Alec Baldwin's producing the show, the movie as well. He's producing. Okay, he's one of the produce producers, and so, um, but that they had the people that's that odd out, for a Democrat. Right? But that they had a union issue because he was hiring non-union workers. So either union workers can't work because of the pandemic or whatever, or um, he refused to pay whatever their price and dues and all that. Yeah. I think that we have to bring up guns and kink. Because that is a thing. Gunplay yeah. is a thing. Uh, personally, it's not for me. Not my kink. I have my own PTSD over that. And even consent, non-consent, no. No, it's just not my thing. But my kink is not your kink, and that's okay. Personally, I only know of one person who um, was really into gunplay and vocal about it. And he actually taught classes over it. 
but I don't feel like it's a big thing in our community. Not publicly, no, privately. It may have some, there may be some kinksters out there who quite enjoy that. And that's what I would like to get to know is the psychology behind that of why you want to, why you would want to incorporate that in your play, unless it's just for authentic, authenticity. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that, maybe they have some type of trauma they're working through with their kink too. Um, I talked to it with a, with a friend of mine in the local community and he had said that most people when they want to do gunplay, they want to feel the cold, the steel, you know, against them. Um, but all that could be achieved in knife play as well. I would worry that they would cut me in knife play. There's lots of knives out there that are props mm-hmm. that do not have the the edges, the sharpened yeah. edges on them. Um, it doesn't mean like if you stuck it in them though hard enough, it wouldn't do something. But I if mean, you're doing if you're doing a scene, like to be cut though, which is, yes, that you know, is that's their thing too. That's also a thing. Making them angry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean yeah, definitely. I know that that any type of weapons. If I had to guess, I would say that that partly goes into power. You know. It's just the power of holding a weapon mm-hmm. and using it against someone. Well, but I, I'm into the psychology behind yeah. it of why, why put yourself through unnecessary trauma? Because to me, you know, it was not presented to me that way. But you are correct in saying that guns are a tool and they are for protection, for hunting. Yes such so why would you put yourself whether you're the the sub or the dom why would you put yourself through that trauma of the guns yes. for power the I risk the psychology in it is you know the whole fact of being powerless and thinking that you could be killed any moment the exhilaration of, uh, that's a lot in kink anyway mm-hmm. you know yes <laughs> but like I think people just like people that watch so much porn that they have difficulty you know being turned on by regular this doesn't turn me on this doesn't turn me on oh you, you have know, to you have to elevate your kink yeah. where it has to be more and more and more yes. in order to get you off. off yeah or to feel excited yeah yes yeah, that's where I think some of that comes from. Like, maybe they did start with knife play, you know? Or maybe knife play would be the worst one. Like, some people, you know, dig fire, and some people think that's the worst thing you could ever do. Is So, since we're not into it, I have been looking on <laughs> Fat Life. I mean, yeah, we're, we're not into it. I don't, yeah. Yeah. To find, yeah, find people who are. Yeah, we didn't. We don't have anybody we know personally. Most people that I know are, you know, either they're pro gun, but they also see them the same way that it's either a weapon or a tool. Yeah, or it's, as a weapon, it's still a tool. 
and you it's know, not a big thing in the community it's yeah. not it's actually like a I lot of communities frown upon it yeah i think so like you know doing drugs and alcohol while you're doing this you know like you're i mean it's it's different for some people that are in like long-term relationships and their person you know is letting their hair down and having a good time and you know, you know, you know whether you're inebriated or not when to stop with your partner kind of a thing is different than I'm talking about playing and singing at a club or whatever, drinking, you know, that's a no-no. You wouldn't. And there's never any type of guns or anything like that allowed. I will tell you this little itty-bitty story, though. So this is my second husband and I. We were not getting along at the time. We had heard something in our garage. Oh. Yeah. But the moment that he stepped out of the room with his shirt off, brandishing a weapon, (laughs) a gun, and going down there. Now, I don't know if it was just the protection part of it. Yeah. You know, the visceral. um, But it was very hot. Testosterone. Yes. And I told him that it was very hot. And we ended up having sex that night, but but I don't care for guns. Yeah, no. it was it was the yes. Yeah, there are girls that whole... who get turned on. You know, back in the old days, it was kind of hot when dudes would fight. You know, <laughs> this is why so many people like MMA or boxing or the testosterone release or whatever. But or liked Fight Club, even you know, just. I'm sure men like when women hold guns on them or whatever as well. Yeah, I I would be you know uh, curious yeah, to like, an answer to that question. How many people dig that power exchange to that extreme? And if you do, how many times do you check your firearm? You know, obviously you're not going to put one in the chamber. That's just you know Russian roulette kink, and seems like it would be. Like, I don't know, things snuff films are made of, you know? Like, that's not the kind of uh, play-type stuff we sanction. But, I mean, if you're a super sadist, you know, it might be very exciting to hold a gun on someone and have them not know if you were going to kill them or not, that kind of power. That's what makes serial killers. That's what they love is the kind of power to know that they hold your life in their hands and then watching them extinguish it. So as a sub, could you give somebody that much power over you? No. You know, to play like that? See, that's where I don't know. Yeah, I could not anymore. Maybe when I was younger, like, again, I don't have the same death wish that I used to have (laughs) when I was younger. I've seen, you know, once you've been through, like, a lot of horrible shit, and then you see good things, it's not all horrible things, so. Just scrolling through these topics, one guy likes to masturbate while hunting and holding his gun. Yeah, okay. What else do you got to do while yeah. staying, waiting there in a deer blind or the turkey blind or whatever? It's mostly hot people and their firearms 
Oh, Just yeah. The, the fantasy of that. Is that they're hot? Like military? Yeah. Do people... Or do you think that it has a thing to do with uniforms and authority in their weapons and not just well i i have a uniform kink in there so yes i i think that that might be the thing see that makes more sense because it's someone trained than just to have you know like uh you know just anybody you know yeah I, i don't know like well when i think of like gunplay in a scene i'm i'm thinking of like an r-a-p-e scene yeah you know like if you don't do this this is gonna happen yeah but then these people are thinking authority (laughs) you know whereas here with the alec baldwin thing i'm thinking like a a season episode of the blacklist (laughs) you know with the Russian operative who was an investigative journalist. The Michael Sussman is who was indicted, by the way, by Bob Durham. And that's the law firm, Latham and Watkins law firm that her husband just started working at. And it looks like that a lot of people like to put guns in vaginas. Yes, they do. Which is a thing. There's a question, which gun should I use for penetration? A Walter PPK. <laughs> and I don't, I'm, we're not kink shaming people on here. I just really want to get behind the, the psychology of it. Why do people play Russian roulette? Well, I imagine for the thrill. So what would be more thrilled than a double barrel shotgun in your vag? <laughs> Now they have who's consenting to that, and I also want to know who's consenting to that, and what do you get? What if that that? was Elmer Fudd's kink, (laughs) or Bugs Bunny with Elmer Fudd, his hunting wabbits? And a lot of it is, hey, come look at my gun. I guess the gun itself can also be a kink. Just looking at it, you know, ooh, ooh, you've got the Taurus Tracker three fifty seven. Well, yeah, and then they draw it a lot. There's a lot of that, too, with, you know, face fucking, but with mm. a gun instead of a... It's so insane. there's a lot of anime that's like that, too. So interesting. We were hoping that you'd come to the party this weekend. I know I should have. I was like... It was super fun. We had a Halloween party at Sapphire. And I got to come in, Lady Katie... That woman, she just posted um, a post about how leaders can break as well. Yeah. And she has done so much to get her club started and get things going. I'm very, very proud of her. And I'm appreciative for everything she's done for this community and giving people a space to play, to fulfill some fantasies, to fulfill some scenes that maybe they wouldn't have a chance to anywhere else uh, we had a really really good time definitely I don't know why I was not even um, I, for some reason I just assumed she was full for Halloween you know no, like I are, didn't RSVP but I didn't know that it was kind of everybody could be there you know what I mean yeah and there was it was a sizable amount of people well mm-hmm. what's great is that about that is she also has a 
huge uh, fire pit outside Mm -hmm. over there. So there may be a lot of people there, but it doesn't feel like there's a lot of people there. A lot of people are outside and everything Mm -hmm. else. I should have definitely came by. Bill was out of town, actually. It was Falcoming, where, you know, they kind of had like a mini burn, but then it kind of fell through. Everybody just kind of, I don't know, didn't go. It was wild. And I got to perform, which was awesome. I had done my Captain Spaulding, femmed it up a little bit, because the last time I had done it was as Colin. But I think... I think this time around it went over really well. You you got to read the room and you got to know the kind of audience that you're going to have. Mm-hmm. They're not ready for drag yet. They're just not ready. Yeah, in the yeah. BDSM scene. Yeah. And for that, no, they want it to be naughty and fantasy and, you know, not... Uh, if they're going to do any gender bender role play, they want to be the ones doing it. Like, that's not what they want in their art. Yeah. Okay. Let's that's just what I'm get saying. Right down. A lot of straight men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's what I mean. Their whole thing are, it's, it's Halloween. Where's my naughty, where's my naughty nurse or schoolgirl or whatever? <laughs> you know, still. I, is it hard for you to deal with the misogyny sometimes at the clubs? Are you outgrowing where you are as a sub? I wanted to ask that about just menopausal-wise. I definitely put up with less bullshit. Because a lot of things I just let slide. I'm asking (laughs) if you are outgrowing your role as a sub, do you feel less subordinate as you are going into this next phase of life? To daddy no because that's the dynamic that we've created and that's worked for us to everybody else yes <laughs> yes do you remember I'm also who you used to too. be about or yeah so you never really have fell in with a, the people yeah, pleasing a, a sammy as well smart ass masochist so i really thrive more on the yeah. confrontation part of it right the being a smart ass part of it because i want to see i want to see what you can do i want to see what button i can push yeah yeah i don't have any trouble with pushing <laughs> buttons i usually get to that right off the bat <laughs> so it's i don't know anyway just but curious daddy and i are also learning more about each other we haven't really had a chance to play We've had consistent and grandkids. Right. You are supposed to have some time there. You know, you'll have some emptiness time, maybe. Maybe. Maybe when not. When we're dead. But he had said something. So there are certain things that I do to process the pain. One of them is I breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's major for me. Another thing I do is music. The music always mm-hmm. distracts me. The people around me, I want to see what all is going on. You know, I don't want to be blindfolded. I want to see everything. I want to see everybody else's play and stuff. I'm also a voyeur. So a song happened to come on and 
he's whacking away and I'm just doing what I do. I'm just looking straight ahead and I'm just taking it in, breathing, taking all the pain, singing the song that's there. Mm -hmm. He feels like that is a disrespect to him (laughs) and asks me, why do you do that? Why you should be focused on me and nothing else. Now that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. You have to fir- first. You got to get my focus, okay? Um, that needs to be established at the scene, before the, at the beginning of the scene. Mm-hmm. It needs to be established. Then, why do you do that? Why do you? Why are you singing the songs? Why are you? I said, this is how I process this. This is how I process the pain, so that I can take more pain. Now, isn't that the goal? for you to give out as much pain as you'd like mm-hmm. and for me to take as much pain as I can. Right. Yeah. Me, for, I mean, <laughs> depending on what their, some might be length, some might be, you know, whatever, Yeah. whatever your punishment is for that time. But if you're seeing, yeah, whatever, like if your thing is to do it to failure, which would be to do it until you can't, take it or Mm -hmm. you call your Mm -hmm. safe word or whatever that's one thing some people like you know when I get punished some it's a certain amount or whatever it'll be like you know 20 you know lashes or whatever kind of a thing it doesn't necessarily mean I'm just gonna do it till my arm's tired I was just curious because like our dynamic was never defined defined like yours was you know and so We've always been kind of fluid with ours anyway and not very strict or adhere to any rules, but well, ours is definitely more fluid than it was before. before. Yeah. But I, that's not by choice. It's just because of life and mm-hmm. uh, the one of the downsides of someone working to take care of the household mm-hmm. while the other person takes care of the household and is allowed to stay at home yeah that's true. that one income thing Mm -hmm. (sighs) i feel different (laughs) right now but i've gone through all kinds of changes as we always do and fall's always a difficult time so you know well do you have anything coming up and not particularly at the moment so I do actually. I mean, I have some producing things that are coming up. So that's exciting. I was looking for a place for Mo Alexander to come to town, and then, uh, but I don't know if we're going to be able to do that. If Holly Lene is going to be here from Louisville, Kentucky, on December fifteenth, I'm very excited. She's going to be playing all the Vils. You know, she'll be in Nashville. And she is opening for Chelsea Handler for three or four dates here in the South, which is very cool, and opens for her um, in Nashville and has before a few times. She's been on two festivals that I've been a part of. She's just, she's damn hilarious. And like her merch is, you know, let a woman woman lead. And so, yeah, it's time. She's, uh, uh, if I can get her for the show, it'd be cool. To it have would her be on. cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she's very awesome. So this will happen before this airs. Yes. But 
I am doing a new thing at Knox Pride once a month called Gigi Storytime. So there will be plenty of time yeah. in the future. And then next month will be the Christmas one. So, well, or Yule or whichever. Well, it's November, so it's going to be Thanksgiving. Right. And then, but then Christmas. Like, and then Christmas. It'll be a once a month thing. Yes. So they might miss the kickoff by the time this airs. However, there'll be, oh, a few more. No, because that'll be October. You're doing it, right? Yeah. This right. weekend. Okay. Still October. Duh, it is. <laughs> I know. My brain. Duh. We just said the 26th. So, Yes. But then there will be the um, November and mm -hmm. then December. And it's just a place where we're going to have books and music and we're going to have some crafts and maybe some treats. That'll be fun. And I'm very, very excited excited to do that for Knox Pride. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun for and sure. Looking at the numbers, you know, there might be 20, 30 kids there. That would be awesome. Yeah, it would be great. Yay. <laughs> I was telling the director there that my biggest hurdle is going to be my granddaughter, because she's going to come too, but she thinks things are just for her. So, uh, <laughs> I gotcha. so there might be a lot of crawling in the lap, or, Gigi, that's not the right way, or, you know... And then she may sit down with everybody and I'm let hoping you read that a story that's what she'll as do. well. Yeah, that you there'll know? be enough kids there where she'll be like, "Oh, who's Gigi? Right? Let me go and sit with it's this funny. kid." Yeah, I'm sure she will want to sit with you for a time or two. But she's a smart cookie; she can figure that out. Anyway, I have a feeling that if you said sit down there, we're reading the story, she probably would do that too. <laughs> <laughs> They always behave for GGs, you know, so. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about a lot today. Yeah, we did. I know I went but off on a tangent, but. I really want to know if you participate in gunplay, I really want to ask you some questions. So please email me. Yeah. Email us. If you do, why can't you just CGI it? Right? Yeah. You know, yeah, why can't you I'm just asking. watch it in a VR or whatever? Gail, do you get know off how much like that? fake shit is out there? Yes, I do. So th that's what I'm, I'm wondering. I'm a sci-fi nerd. It's all fake that I watch. Even like the deep fake videos and such. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty good. They're amazing. Yeah, they're not costing that much money. Right. So again, my question is, if you can fake, if you can put freaking... <laughs> Um, walkie-talkies into the hands of the government during the E.T. movie when they re-released re it. Remember they had mm -hmm. guns the first time mm -hmm. and then the second time they had walkie-talkies? Yep. Why do you need real guns on a movie set? But low budget, I would think, would be the number one to make it look realistic and low budget. That may have been true, I think, 20 30 years ago but i think now with technology they're Just they're saying, able to do a lot vintage yeah they are you know but if you pissed off union people the union that does cgi might have said nope we're not doing it whatever who knows you know which is still odd for a democrat <laughs> 
Right? In my opinion. The more they get to 100% control, the more they'll be able, you'll be able to see the elitism. You know? Everybody will see, oh, wait. That rule is only for poor people. Uh, you know? Being poor, I've known that all my life. Correct. <laughs> Absolutely. You're just thinking but that other people will finally get, see it? Other it people will be woke to that? worse and worse. Well, yeah, when they have literal poor people as their advocates. So where can they find you, Gail? Uh, at Gab and Gail time on all Everywhere. Yeah. Gail Grantham comedy. And I am Brady Von Beaverhausen on Instagram and Bruce Tonsils on FET and TikTok. How's your TikTok? Are you shadow banned? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't care. There's there's a niche of people out there just like me that have you like just a handful of us, all of us liking each other's stuff. There's you, a TikToker on there that she's in a female led relationship. I want to get her on the oh yeah podcast. Look for us on social media. On thanks for tuning in to this. By the way. Oh I yeah, you, it wasn't an easy conversation, it's and good. a weird conversation. Of course, I'm going conspiracy. I think Alec Baldwin is an MK Ultra program pawn, and that the new lawyer stumbled across some things and told his investigative journalist wife, who said, "Hey, what about whatever? Maybe just in conversation." And then, boom, chakalaka. Gail, you're absolutely so. correct, and it's the haves against the have-nots, and they're all, but they're just and we playing can, a chess game, and we are, you know, we can sit on our little podcast and have all the little conspiracy theories. Well, what's cool that is we, we get to do that. We probably won't get murdered because we're a tiny little podcast <laughs> that nobody's listening to. Watch me get my big break and I get to be on the next Alec Baldwin movie. In craft services, that way I can be sure to get a shot. We thank you so much for listening to Gavin Girl Time. Gavin Girl Time. Gavin Girl Time. Kapow. Bang, bang. <laughs> Wait, was that real? I thought it was just a blank.